Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling podcast. I'm Pam Larickia, longtime unschooling mom and author. Join me and my wonderful guests for interviews, information, and inspiration about unschooling and living joyfully with your family. You can find the episode show notes, your free introductory ebook, What is Unschooling?, and lots more information at livingjoyfully.ca. And here's the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Pam Larickia, and this is episode number 92 of the podcast. It's the 4th of October, 2017, as I record this intro. And my guest this week is Brianna Royal. Brianna and her husband are unschooling their four children, and they're on a crazy family adventure living in an RV. I really enjoyed my conversation with her, talking about why they chose unschooling, why they chose to sell their home and move into an RV, some of the paradigm shifts of de-schooling, how they earn money to support their lifestyle while traveling, and lots more. As an update this week, I just wanted to mention that if you have any questions about unschooling that you'd like to ask, now's the time to submit them. There's only one question in the pool at the moment, which is great. If you guys don't have any more questions, we can certainly hold off creating Q&A episodes until we have more, but I suspect maybe people haven't yet taken a few minutes to send them in, or they figure someone else will ask a question similar to theirs soon. And that's all fine, but why wait? If you do have a question percolating, now's a great time to send it in. So just go to livingjoyfully.ca forward slash podcast and click on the link that says submit a question to the Q&A roundtable here. (laughs) And I want to say thank you to everyone who has chosen to support the show on Patreon. I deeply appreciate all my patrons and I love that you're helping me share unschooling information with anyone who wants to explore ways to live this wonderful lifestyle. And if you'd like to support the show, even for as little as a dollar a month, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash exploring unschooling. And this week's quote comes from our guest, Brianna. I feel like imposter syndrome is a perfect way to look at it because on paper, I look smart. But if you asked me to talk about something that I learned in school, I really could not talk about it because I never really understood the concept. I just knew how to get a good grade. I loved her observation because one of the valuable paradigm shifts we make as we move to unschooling is around how we measure learning from a grade on a report card in school to being able to use that knowledge or skill day to day in the world. We take the time to question whether the underlying assumption that a satisfactory grade in school is indicative of the ability to apply that knowledge in the world is valid. We recall our own school experiences. We ponder the environments in which we've learned things most effectively. And we contemplate what the purpose of learning really is. And again, I'm reminded of Maria Popova's quote about learning and wisdom. She wrote, We live in a world awash with information, but we seem to face a growing scarcity of wisdom. And what's worse, we confuse the two. We believe that having access to more information produces more knowledge, which results in more wisdom. But if anything, the opposite is true. More and more information without the proper context and interpretation only muddles our understanding of the world rather than enriching it. 
It's that context, understanding how that piece of information or skill fits into our world that brings wisdom. And that is where unschooling shines. And now, on to the interview with Brianna. Hi, everyone. I'm Pam Laricchia from livingjoyfully.ca, and today I'm here with Brianna Royal. Hi, Brianna. Hello. Thank you for having me. I am so excited and honored to be here. So thank you for having me. Oh, that's awesome. I'm so excited to chat with you because you have a pretty fun story to share. Just for people to know, um, Brianna and her husband, Craig, are unschooling their four young children. And as if that weren't crazy enough, a few years ago, they decided to sell everything and move into an RV. I'm really excited to learn more about your adventures, Brianna. To get us started, can you share with us a bit about you and your family and how you first came across the idea of unschooling? Yes, I would love to share it. So um, traveling actually came second to the unschooling. So Mm -hmm. when we had our first child, um, when he was about two years old, you know, you kind of start thinking a little bit more about that school aspect. My mom, who is a retired school teacher, mm-hmm. and my dad, who is a retired school teacher, <laughs> um, were actually the ones who came to us. My mom's like, you're not putting your kids in public school, right? Um, again, coming from a school teacher, it was like, oh, well, you know, yeah, we, we thought about a few things, but, you know, we haven't really dove too into it. We were still kind of in this, in this bliss of like having our first kid and just, you know, enjoying that time and not Mm -hmm. really going deep down into it. So we started the conversation and she presented a few different options to me that she had found as well as a book on unschooling. Um, I can't even remember now which one it was. It might've been one of John Holtz or I'm not exactly sure, but it was a Mm -hmm. a book that discussed unschooling. So I read it and it really kind of opened my eyes to like this different philosophy and idea of what we could really do and like give to our kids. So I was instantly intrigued by it. But when you have a two-year-old, it kind of becomes like, oh, that's really cool and intriguing. But you kind of are like, oh, yeah, you know, you don't, you don't dive too deep into it. You know, they're two. Like, they know how to, like, say their name. You're happy. You know, whatever. So it, it wasn't too much, but it sat there. And then um, we had twins after our two-year-old. And then um, we got pregnant with a fourth. So by this time, um, our oldest was a, a little over four years old when by the time we had all of our kids. So I actually sat down with my husband then, um, right after his fifth birthday, and it's kind of like, okay, look, we have a choice to make here. Are we, are we sure we want to do this, to go down this path? And we both kind of came to the realization that, like, yeah, we wanted to give this, if I'm going to say, alternative method a go and, and see what it was all about, because we were definitely intrigued by it. So once we kind of knew we were going down this homeschooling route, we had also kind of started to say, like, we don't have this school schedule holding us back. So what does that look like for our lifestyle? And that's where we then made this crazy decision <laughs> to um, sell our house and everything in it and uh, hit the road and just um, travel full time. We thought it was a great fit with this unschooling lifestyle and the life we wanted to live along with um, just sounded like an awesome adventure to do together as a family. So in a nutshell, <laughs> that's what we decided to do. It wasn't quite that prettily packaged. There were a lot of tears and a lot of unknown and a lot of we had built our dream house, like had this 2,700 square foot house on half an acre with a pool and a playground and like this whole like what we thought was the American dream built and basically said, nope, scratch all that. And, you know, literally almost sold all of it to move into this RV and to start this um, crazy lifestyle. 
Um, I will say one of the caveats for us that was a big component of it is my sister and her family actually did the same thing at the same time as us. And they had at the time, um, they currently have two kids that are right around the ages of my kids. So we knew we weren't going into it alone. They also were in the unschooling mindset, very, you know, the same parent focus. So we were doing it kind of together with them, which made it an, another aspect of our journey that was um, really cool. And since then, my parents have retired and sold their house and bought an RV. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, so they're actually traveling too. So I like to lay that out there just to let people know we had a lot of support behind this decision, a lot of other people that were going to be, you know, coming on this adventure and this journey with us, which made it a little less scary than um, what it could be if we were doing it completely on our own. So, but yes, that's how we got to this place and um, just thought, you know, unschooling and the traveling full time was a really good fit. Wow, that is an awesome story. And yeah, I mean, that is a great point about um, having other people in your lives who are not who not only understand the choices that you're making, but are are making similar choices alongside you, right? So you're not completely um, on your own. I because I, I remember when we first got started, all I all I knew was that there were people that I'd seen on the internet who were doing yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's great, you know, to be able to have that as well. So I, you know, because then you have all sorts of conversations and can bounce, uh, you know, ideas and thoughts and and stuff around with people. So that's really cool. But let's dive in a little bit. Um, and you said you, um, your mom had given you these books and you, uh, you and uh, your husband had sat down and kind of decided at least, you know, when your eldest was hitting uh, school age, uh, if you wanted to try out this path. So I was just wondering if you might go into a couple of the reasons that you had that you were discussing behind actually choosing unschooling as a uh, part of your lifestyle. Yeah, one of the things for us, even with choosing well, has always been to make our family like focus in the our kids' relationship each other, the relationship us was the most important thing and we felt that this this lifestyle would and I say but I don't look at unschooling like just a component I really do look at it as a lifestyle as a whole and felt like going out was going to give us the means and the tools in order to continue to grow our relationships it wasn't going to put this eight hours a day that our kids are separated from each other separated from us it was, it was this concept of having us be all together. Mm-hmm. And then what I liked outside of the fact of sure, and, and just homeschooling, you know, it's kind of that same idea, but within the unschooling is it became that we were looking to dive into each other's interests deeper. We were looking to understand each other better through this method and, and not have it have to be all about, you have to do this, you have to do that. But instead this freedom that everyone in our family was going to have this opportunity to truly learn and dive into the things that they wanted to. Um, so I think that was a big component of it. And then also just the idea of giving our kids so much freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, what I remember about school is I was a, a good student, you know, got A's and B's all the time, was like, you know, did well, like always was, you know, did well on tests. But the minute I took the test, I forgot everything I learned. Yeah, I had 
five years of French in high school and I can't speak a sentence of French right now, you know, like it's yeah. like crazy, like well, five years, however long high school is, I had many years of French and I can't speak a sentence of it. And just looking back on that and saying like, okay, sure, I came out of, you know, high school, went to college, got a good job, but I kind of forgot the majority of what I did. So what a waste of my time, like how much more time could have gone into me really learning more of who I was and learning how to make my own choices and my own decisions, even as a kid. And that level of respecting, you know, my kids and then respecting me was like so important. And I just felt like this environment was going to give us a chance to truly show our kids that respect and allow them this space to become who they are. And then the learning component of it, I, I it was, a, it's a hard step to, to trust in that, to trust mm-hmm. that that learning is going to just come if you're in this environment but what we've seen over the years is it has just come (laughs) and it's been like amazing to see like my kids start to read and like we've never done phonics or you know anything like that and and to see those things happening so I felt like again at the ages I know some people start unschooling their kids have already been in school for a while the fact that my kids have never been in school never been in a daycare setting it was kind of like our life just continued on like we didn't pass this this young kid phase and then move on to this school phase. We kind of just continue with our with our life. And I like the idea that our attachment parenting parent style could so easily roll into this unschooling life as our kids continue to get older. So I feel like those were the components that pulled us into it initially. And now that our oldest is 10, we're starting to dive a little bit further into, you know, some of those other components. But that that basis of the family the freedom, the choices is what really pulled us into um, why we felt unschooling was a good fit for us and our family. Yeah, I really love the way you describe that. The the point you made about how um, that first leap and having to trust that, okay, you know, they're, they're hitting kind of this school age milestone, but um, that they can continue learning the way they did when they were younger, how you know, you need to have some trust in that happening. But then over time is when you can start to really trust it yourself because you've seen that it's happening, like you were talking about with reading, right? So, I mean, even though it's a a huge step away, um, you can grab that first bit of trust and and then actually see it happening for yourself. Yeah, no, you definitely can. And, and I, I sometimes make the joke that I feel bad for my oldest because he's going through this learning curve with us. Yeah. And I feel like our five-year-old is going to come up and like, it is going to be golden for him. Because by that time, we've been through three other kids. We've seen yeah. it. We've experienced it. We're like, good to go. Or our poor 10-year-old, we're like, sorry, buddy, you're trying this with us or trying that with us or we're doing this or whatever. And it's like, ah, but it is, I mean, that is all part of, of the journey. Like, it, that is what it is. I don't know if there's any other way around it but then to kind of go through this. And, and he's going to get something else out of that, you know, different than what a five-year-old will get. So there's, I can see, you know, goods and bads to that. But yeah, for sure. Exactly. Because, you know, when I think about my youngest, so he was, he was only in school for a few months, right? And, but you do eventually realize that, okay, that that can look good or or bad or whatever but it's just a different journey for every every one of them and and ourselves right um yeah. we learn 
from from our experiences full stop you know whatever they are so that's really interesting another point i wanted to just jump back to when you talked about how um you would learn things for the test and then um for promptly forget about them which was my experience exactly i too had the many years of french and <laughs> you know that is one of my go-to examples but you know when you were talking about it what clicked into my mind is the whole you know idea of imposter syndrome have you heard you've heard that term oh yeah you? oh yeah yeah yep. yeah and it's like you know you get more and more fixed into um proving yourself on the tests and then never talking about it again because someone might realize that you don't remember it, right? You know, it's this yes. whole protection thing that you then have to carry out throughout your entire school career, don't you? <laughs> yeah, well, and I feel like that imposter syndrome is a perfect way to look at it because on paper, I look smart. But if yeah. you ask to talk about something that I learned in school, I really couldn't really talk about it because I never really understood the concept. I just knew how to get a good grade. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, it's that that different. So like, yeah, like, in you know, I, I wasn't fully learning and investing myself in these things. And, and that was one of the things that just rubs me wrong about what the school system does. But on one hand, I understand we need the schools for the kids that need to have that. And that's the only option they have. So I, I you know, there, there's something that needs to happen there. I understand that. But if I have this ability to give my kids this chance to to really process things and understand them at their level and come about them the way they want to without this fear of this test or this cramming concept. I'm trusting that this is a good route, you know, to go and, and having people like you with grown kids to show like, okay, there is a reason to trust it. <laughs> it it's definitely a benefit as well in our journey. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it's not. It's not easy to do unconventional things, is it? No, it is not. And, and, but that's part of wanting to show our kids why you do those things mm-hmm. and that you, you can do those. And, and that is a good thing to be outside the box. And if you choose to be in the box, more power to you if that's what you're choosing out of knowing what the other options are, or what that other choice is. Then, But it's all about that. It's about our life our, having choices and being able to, to truly choose what we want to do. I think that is a great point because that's, that's, that is entirely it, is knowing that you have the choice. Because once you know uh, that, um, like, I, I know my years as a school parent, right? Knowing that I didn't know that this was our choice, but I threw myself into that role to make it work as best as we could for the family. And, um, you know, to to come at it with an attitude where knowing, okay, this is uh, a choice that we're making as a family school is part of our lives. And working with that um, to to figure out ways that that can work best with your child. I know we've talked um, on Q&A episodes and a few other episodes about how, you know, you don't need to bring that whole um, authoritarian aspect into your lives, right? You don't need to bring um, defining a person's value by their test marks, right? Which is what, why we were so intent on doing well, right? At school, (laughs) because that's how we judge. We were judged by other people and how we quickly learned to judge ourselves. But, you know, you don't need, there's so many aspects of that whole framework that you don't need to incorporate within your family, even if school is part of your lives, right? 
Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. And or just giving less less credibility to those things and instead, you know, putting or putting that same amount of credibility on other aspects of, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, what's going on, the relationships, the, um, you know, the creativity, the conversations, like, you know, making those things just as important and um, which is a challenge, obviously. But yes, I, I agree. Like, I think it can can definitely be done. Yeah, it's just, it's, it, again, work, uh, an unconventional way to look at things, right? <laughs> so that's yep. why it's all our, our journey to make, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. And everyone's is different and everyone's has bumps and turns and curves. And, but that's, that's the beauty of it too, though, is that we don't want to live the way someone else is showing us or telling us to. We want to live our own journey. Well, and you know, that's why I'm coming up on what I think this is going to be episode 92. <laughs> awesome. Congrats. And, thank you. And it's so fun. Still, to me, I get excited every single time to hear about everyone's personal journeys because it's fascinating and it's interesting. And we, we all, it, we all have so much to share individually that I love it. Anyway, <laughs> we should probably move on to the next question. Um, going back to what we were talking about before, we, so we dove into um, your choices around unschooling. Uh, what about uh, your decision to sell your home and move into the RV? Um, the travel aspect. I know you talked about how unschooling was uh, about the relationship and the, the family aspect. Uh, what, were you guys thinking when you came to this decision? Yeah, it was um, really, again, the family aspect of just wanting to spend more time together as a family with less distractions. So knowing when we were on the road, like we were living in a small space together, we didn't have a ton of different, you know, activities or different events going on in our hometown or things like that, that were going to pull us away. But instead, we would have this chance to really hone in and focus on each other. So that was a big component of it. But in all honesty, it's been difficult to continue to make that a focus. The older our kids get and the more personalities and opinions that we come have come into play. And I feel like even though we've been on the road for three plus years, we're still trying to figure out what our ideal travel, um, our ideal way of traveling is for our family. So is that going someplace and sitting in the middle of a forest with no one around us and just hanging out? Or is that going to national parks and going hiking and doing those type of activities that are getting all of like, you know, our hearts pumping and, you know, getting us out there and doing things and, and really kind of trying to learn what that is for our family. But the reason that we decided to do this in the first place was one, there was so much in the country, the world really, that we wanted to see. And when we were in my husband in a nine to five job setting and, you know, if the kids were going to be going to school, like the amount of time you have per year to really get out and enjoy your family and travel is, is very small. And mm-hmm. then if you add in activities you're doing and this and that, like the window gets even smaller. So a big part of it was like, let's go on this adventure as a family. And if we really don't like it, we can always, you know, go back and make a different decision or, you know, figure out a different path. So that was kind of the first thing was just kind of like, let's do this. Like our, our big house started to feel very suffocating. Like the house needed, you know, we'd have to every weekend go to Menards or Target and, you know, spend the infamous hundred dollars, hundred dollars at Target on absolutely nothing. Right. You just need a toothpaste. Um, so like <laughs> we, were, <laughs> we were going down that path. It was kind of like, okay, this doesn't quite feel right. And then we had so much stuff, like so many things. And it was like, this is taking so much of our time. It can never be cleaned. It can never, you know, whatever, 
that all of that kind of led us to this, like wanting this like life of this, like freedom to just be able to minimize our stuff, live minimal, live, live simply, and yet still get out and like live this amazing lifestyle and visit all of these amazing places. So that was the, the just behind choosing to do the travel. And then the learning curve came in when we started realizing, oh, wait, we aren't at on vacation in all these places we go. We can't just go yeah. spend $1,000 a week doing all this fun and cool stuff. So how are we going to take that into play and, and make that work? So in itself, this has been a huge journey for our family to go through and to learn and to figure out, you know, what works for us and what is the best thing. So it's, it's, I would think after three years, we'd have all those answers and we don't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's fascinating. I really love the way you, you brought that one back to relationships too, right? I, you know, thinking about all just the everyday things that can um, eat at our time, really, it's, it's probably a way to look at it, right? Yeah. And how, by bringing the relationships and wanting to maximize the time that you guys had together, you came to this place. That's really fascinating. And I love the the point that it's all a journey, isn't it? We're always learning and adjusting. And I think that is such a great way to look at things rather than having in your mind, you know, like, here's our answer, our RV lifestyle, and then doing all you can to make everything fit into it. You know what I mean? Instead yeah. of being open and and understanding all these different messages and things you're getting. So, you know, when you think of it that way, of course, three and three plus years in and you're still figuring things out because we are all growing and changing all the time, aren't we? <laughs> yes. No, for sure. And that, you know, when you have younger kids, like, yes, they have an, an opinion. You know, when we first started, our kids were like, you know, six, four, four and two. And like, yeah, there's there's opinions to be had there in that. But they're a little bit more willing to kind of go with the flow where now each year it's gotten a little bit more stronger opinions and, and mm-hmm. we want to honor those and figuring out how we honor those yet still do this lifestyle. And it's been an interesting um, process to go through for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that's brilliant. Brilliant. Um, speaking of though, traveling for three plus years, I imagine you guys are definitely gathering some fun and interesting stories on your travels. And I was hoping you could share one or two with us. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's interesting. Like a lot of times people ask me, what's your favorite place? And it's like, (laughs) you can't like, I mean, sure. We have places we enjoy going to, but even like sharing stories, it's like, well, what's one really good story I can share? And I don't know if it's necessarily a story or if it's more just the what we've done and, and what that has brought us. So we we didn't start off on this traveling adventure being like these big like hikers or big like national park people or anything like that. But what mm-hmm. we realized is once we got on the road and started doing these things, how much joy we got out of doing them together as a family. So I always like to share the story of when our kids were at this time, they had to, this wasn't long after we had started traveling. They may have been six months old or maybe a year older than when we first started, but we were in Yellowstone and we went on a hike to the top of Mount Washburn, which is one of the, the highest hikes you can do in Yellowstone, I believe, at least a day hike. 
And it was three miles up to the top of this mountain. And just doing that together as a family and, and doing this hike and carrying the kids half the way and yeah. seeing, you know, mountain goats on the trail and the wildflowers and getting up to the top and having to be so windy that we were almost blown over, you know, we're holding on <laughs> to the kids, like, don't let go. And, you know, just doing those experiences. And then since then, we've done the same thing now in like Banff National Park and in Jasper National Park and in Glacier National park and you know just having those are in death valley walking on the the sand flats and just mm-hmm. see like just all of the this idea of these experiences and and doing them together as a family and having the kids say well mommy what does this look like or what's that and me saying i don't know i've never done it either like this is the first time for me too or you wow. know going out into we stayed in um down in the florida keys for a couple months and out in key west you know we took a boat out where we did like some snorkeling in the ocean. And this was when our one son, I believe was three and he's out there snorkeling. And I'm like, you know, holding back my fear of a shark coming up on us to try to help the kids enjoy it. <laughs> and you know, my eternal fears, but you know, doing those experiences together or jet skiing, you know, with our kids, one behind me and one in front of me. And I've never ridden a jet ski before. And here we are going 30 miles an hour on these things. So it's really been like those experiences that we've done for the first time together as a family that I think is what keeps pulling us back to how cool this travel lifestyle is and like how we're all growing as people through these experiences that like I never had when I was that young of a kid. And yet my (laughs) kids have like, you know, rode horses and rode jet skis and, you know, climbed these mountains and like did rock scrambling and rock climbing and like all these, like just the experiences as a whole is what like I think of when I think of like our travel story. So it's not necessarily one specific, it's more just all of them kind of wrapped into one and, and the way I've seen my kids become so much more adventurous than they were when we first started. Like now to them, it's not weird or different to jump on a jet ski or a horse where originally it was like, uh, what (laughs) (laughs) you want me to do what now? Like, okay, yeah, let's go. You know? And like, that's been, you know, really cool to see, you know, as well. So I love that observation when when you said that you're all doing these things for the first time, right? Isn't that brilliant? Yeah, it really is like a really cool like and I, and I feel like that's part of what makes it even more special is that uh-huh. we're not there showing our kids like, "Oh, come yeah. cool, see this." But like we're experiencing it all together. Our emotions are so raw and real because it's the first time that we're all doing it. So no preconceived notions or, you know, whatever. So that's been, um, you know, a really neat thing. You know, a lot of wow moments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and really, um, when I think about the, the connections that you're making, seeing this experience freshly, for all of you, right? And and just share, like you said, those wow moments, just sharing um, that excitement together. At, you know, there's there's your relationship connections as well too, right? And all sorts of um, experiences that you can bring into conversations. Like you're saying, as your kids are getting older now um, and you'll be processing things and, and talking about things, you'll all have so many of these um, shared experiences to draw on and bring into your conversations too. So that's really fascinating. Yeah, it really uh, is. It's very, it's, yeah. it's very cool. <laughs> it is. Now, uh, 
I guess we're still talking about RV life here, and I thought it would be really interesting to know um, what you might have found to be uh, challenging things about living in an RV that you didn't expect when you first started out. Yes, for sure. There's probably so many that I could talk the whole hour on this. But (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I think the biggest thing and, and what we've really realized is the planning that goes into doing these things and finding these cool experiences takes up a whole lot more time than I thought. And mm-hmm. I don't know why that is, because of course, now when I sit back and look at it, what was I thinking? But of course, it's going to take a lot of time. But for some reason, I just was, my head was already at experiencing these cool things, not really the process that was behind planning them and, and mm-hmm. scheduling them and, you know, making them happen and doing all that. So Definitely that planning component of it um, has been a challenge. And then like living in the RV itself, like, yeah, there are some challenges around like figuring out like we have a small area for like where our food can go. So figuring out like the right foods to buy and, and not having much space to say like, I want some space, like I'm going to go, you know, take a bath upstairs. Well, no, there we kind of had mm-hmm. to give up that stuff. Like, okay, there yeah. isn't really a place to go do that. But I feel like most of that's kind of just ebbed and flowed and, and maybe has to do with the fact that we started when our kids were so young, when they were always within maybe 10 feet of me anyways, no matter where I was in the house. So mm-hmm. it didn't feel that unusual to move into like this small space and, and be so close to each other because it's, it's what we were doing in this humongous house anyway. Yeah, <laughs> and it, yeah. So like that part of it, you know, it wasn't as much of a challenge, but the part that has, and I know we haven't touched on this and I'm sure some listeners are probably curious and wondering as well, but the, the financial aspect of how we make this work, what that meant is that my husband actually left his nine to five because he was sitting at the table from nine to five every day and was missing out on all these fun and cool things we were doing. So he actually decided to leave that and we started our own virtual business, which is called virtualpowerhouse.com. And we also have our travel blog, crazyfamilyadventure.com that we're monetizing as well. So the challenge has really been how to figure out to continue to make the income we need and we want to live the lifestyle we want to, along with spending the time with our kids and just hanging out the way we want to, along with mm-hmm. us getting our own personal time as well for my husband and I and, and figuring out what that looks like and just meeting the kids needs outside of the travel when it comes to them not caring about the RV and not caring about where they're going, but just having a need, like if they're really into Minecraft or if they're really into like their dolls or, you know, something like that, like figuring out how to still meet those needs when we're in such a small space where we can't just set up like a whole doll bedroom that's going to be there for like the next couple of weeks, but instead figuring out that, okay, we have to set it up and then we have to take it down or we have to, you know, and, and kind of mm-hmm. figuring out how to fit those day to day needs that everyone still has into our RV and into this lifestyle has um, definitely been a challenge and continues to be a challenge and part of our journey of learning how to uh, still meet those needs that everyone has. Yeah, that's such a great point because, you know, I guess when when you think about traveling and going places, that is always uh, so much in a vacation context, right? Right. Where life is just kind of suspended for a bit and you go off even if you know it's for a month or whatever but you know you're going back yet for you guys and when people you know choose um this lifestyle full-time I can imagine it's a whole process 
uh, a whole mind shift, isn't it? To to realize, okay, um, you, this is uh, how how we need to fit all these norm these uh, normal isn't the right word, but these yeah. pieces of our daily lives, right? Like you said, the Minecraft, the dolls, you know, and and to just realize that those are just as valuable. Those moments, those needs are just as important as you know the the mountain hike or you know uh visiting this particular thing and and yet you don't want to lose those experiences either so yeah the balance of of trying to um just figure out how to mesh all these things i can imagine that's uh quite the experience <laughs> yes yes and i don't think we went into it knowing that like yeah. you know of course we knew there were going to be downtimes but, but like really like knowing mm. what that looked like and that felt like, like it was, I think our minds were so focused on almost like this concept, like we're going to be like almost on vacation all the time. We knew we weren't, yeah. but like, that's what <laughs> yeah. was so intriguing was like, Oh, and the, you know, then the normal day to day stuff, like lost its intrigue. But what we've learned through this process is that is just as important. And the, the snuggling with our kids and reading books to them and just doing those, those basic things is that important. But our timing is more limited if we still want to do these other things. So like we're mm -hmm. trying to figure out like what that, that looks like on top of travel days and that's top. So it's definitely, you know, a lot of these where there's times that I'm like, Oh gosh, it'd be so much easier if we just had a curriculum that we could just take a book out and say, okay, two hours every morning we do this. So then we're done. And, and we're done. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, like, oh geez. Like that would make life so much easier, but I don't want to do that. You know? So <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's interesting for sure, to, to go through this, this journey and to, to figure out. And I always tell people that first come to us like, oh my gosh, that sounds like such an amazing life. So I'm like, it is, but it is not all rainbow and sunshine. It does not make parenting easier. It does not make, you know, school easier, like that whole concept. Like it doesn't make any of that stuff easier. It's just different and it's in a mm -hmm. different way. And yet we have these really cool opportunities that we can do that I know are very cool and special and unique but we do still have these these normal day to day things that we're still figuring out how to how to do. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I mean, you still have in your mind all these, um, you know, uh, checklists come to mind. But but like you said, you know, you still want you still need to be uh, on your unschooling journey, uh, just figuring out how your kids are learning and 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 wanting to know that your kids are learning and, and needing to make those connections. And that takes a lot of time. Then you've got your relationship things, right? And figuring out relationships and personalities. And just like you said, all these bits of life that still need to um, come to the forefront right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, okay, I can see how, you know, you kind of, you travel to a place and then, you know, y it might be nice to, to stay there for a while because there's so much other stuff that needs to be processed plus experiencing where you are. And like, I could see, you know, myself, I'm okay. I, I mean, I'm here in this new funky place and I've got X, Y, and Z that I really want to visit and experience and do and have fun with. And then there's this whole other handful of life things that still need to occur at the same time. And then all of a sudden, six months goes by. 
exactly. No, that's yeah. exactly. It's funny you say that six months, but that is totally like, and then we don't, we have six days, you know, like it's, yeah. we're not at these places for that long. And, and we've gone to some places where we've stayed maybe a month at a time is usually the longest we've stayed somewhere, but we've considered, you know, renting a house somewhere for a longer stretch in between some of this traveling to maybe get some of that in or, you know, finding somewhere to stay for a longer stretch. Our RV setup right now wouldn't really allow that because we downsized to like a really small RV. So mm-hmm. it, it doesn't really work for that. But, you know, then again, renting somewhere to do that in. So, no, and, and, and part of what the challenge I felt like when it comes with the unschooling and the RVing is when we started, I thought it was like this magical, like perfect fit. Like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, well, we're like a lot of our schooling will just happen as we're traveling. And it does. But what we lose a little bit with the traveling is a little bit of that that freedom of the kids having like those choices I talked about, which is part of the reason why we did this. And I don't know if I was reading one of your books or maybe it was one of your podcasts where you talked about like if one kid didn't want to go to the museum, you maybe brought that kid to the grandparents' house to hang Mm -hmm. out or you figure out a time to do it. Well, we don't really have that luxury in most situations. It's like, we're mm-hmm. only here for this long. Like we all have to go to this museum together and experience it. And we try to gauge with our kids, which one, you know, will really enjoy this section of the museum. So maybe one, me or my husband will take them and spend more time with them there. You know, we try to still fit in as much as we can, but I feel like the unschooling component of it has definitely suffered a little bit because it's not our, our main focus because we also have this travel that's a focus and this business that's a focus. So there's, it, it wasn't as easy of a fit as I initially thought it was, but we're, go- we're growing, we're on our journey, mm-hmm. we're figuring out how to make it. But <laughs> there is that component that I just like to share with people too. Like it's, it's, again, it's not a magic bullet. Like, okay, we're going to go do the travel and everything falls in place. Like, no. <laughs> That is an amazing point. I'm so glad you brought that up too, because, you know, wherever we are, it always seems like something else would be perfect. Yeah. Like it's a fantasy life somewhere else. And no, you know, every choice that we make in our lives comes with constraints and implications and other things that don't work so well. So, you know, you've got um, great bonuses and you've got challenges that come with every single choice that we make in our lives. And it's really about um, looking at our individual families, ourselves, to see, you know, when those constraints become maybe too much, that they're impacting, negatively impacting enough that the benefits, that they aren't, that they begin to outweigh the benefits, right? And then maybe we're going to shift. But yeah, I think that's one thing that gets us, I was going to say in trouble, but, but, you know, if we don't do the work to realize that, you know, no answer is perfect, we're going to always diss the situation that we're in. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think no, that's that's sure. one of the things I find. No, I, I can't get on. Like I definitely feel like that's like a big a big part of it. And that's my husband out the kind of like the grass is greener. You know, like well, the grass is mm-hmm. always greener over there when you see that always. situation or you see this. And and part of what this lifestyle has given us is the freedom to make a choice. So if we wanted to go homestead somewhere, like, well, we could do that, you know, like or mm-hmm. if we wanted to go live like in like Alaska for a year, like technically we could do that, you know? So like sometimes having all these options on the table too, you're like, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what works or what makes sense. Or again, for one kid, one thing does it for another, another does. So no, it's been, it's been, and I guess part of what I like about it though, is I feel like 
our kids have become very flexible through all of this. My husband and I have both grown more as people than we ever thought we would have. Like this was not the Mm -hmm. intention when we started this, but the fact that we're all growing as people through this process, like I do, I do like that. It's almost like my husband and I are getting unschooled in like our adult life, you know, like having these freedoms and these choices and whatever. Like, well, (laughs) so it's, it's just, it's a wild, a wild ride, hence the name for a blog, Crazy Family Adventure. I knew from the beginning that crazy had to be in there somewhere, and it is definitely still part of uh, what we're doing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, I can, it, it is. So just just making those choices, you know, you kind of put yourself out on a limb, I guess. You know, you're challenging yourself to, you're coming up against all sorts of questions, right, and, and all sorts of choices. You're just opening throwing throwing the doors open right and it's like okay you are minimizing a lot of the constraints that are on you and and that's what's really cool you talk about what you guys are learning and growing as people because now you're realizing and and experiencing all the um the the other constraints that can be there right it's like i talk about sometimes how how it's about you know removing roadblocks removing roadblocks so that you can really get to the root of things because it you know like you said the grass isn't greener at the bottom (laughs) yes exactly It's, it's still you know a group of people living together and and forging ahead day after day and and just I like the metaphor of dancing um, for relationships with people because, you know, we're because we're all growing and changing and, and interests change and, um, and and just just everything, you know, goals, aspirations, things we want to do, you know. And, and so every day is a new day, isn't it? Right. You kind of yes. have to start from scratch. <laughs> yeah. Every single day is a new day with wide open choices. And that's what times is like, oh, my God, yeah. just put our kids in school and got a house like life would be so like structured like I wouldn't have to think and it's like no 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 I don't want that (laughs) well yeah that's the green grass right because when you're mired in so many choices and trying to make it and then but then you go do that you know two three six months later you're gonna have just yet another set of constraints that you're gonna be trying to figure out your way through right nope exactly I think of all the work and effort we put into this it's like nope 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 we just got to keep you know figuring it out figuring out what's best for everyone (laughs) yeah yeah Oh, that's beautiful. Um, I wanted to talk about a post that you had on your blog because I really love one of the points you made that I wanted to bring out. You wrote, um, trusting our kids and knowing that they understand what is in their best interests. And if we know they aren't ready, instead of saying that they can't do something, um, we do it with them so we can work together so they are ready to do it to do it on their own in the near future. You kind of alluded to that when you talked about how you guys are doing um, all these new things together. And I really loved that paradigm shift that you talked about, you know, to, to realize that you're doing, instead of saying no, you're doing it with them until they're ready to do it on their own, whenever they're ready to do that. So I was wondering if you could talk about that a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I feel like that's such a a good way too when you think of like schools, like in schools that like, okay, when you're in first grade, you need to be doing this type of reading or this level of math and you shouldn't be doing this. You know, you're not Mm -hmm. ready for that yet. And like, I love that in the unschooling, how it gives it the opportunity, like, okay, like, yeah, if, you know, our, one of our younger kids wants to read like the book, Lord of the Rings, like if they're interested in that, like, 
sure, why not? Like, no, that's not going to be in a curriculum for like a first grader, <laughs> you know, but I, they're into it and, and we know that we can read it to them and we can answer their questions and, you know, talk through it with them. Like, why wouldn't we, you know, do that? So I feel like with the schooling, like, like definitely part of that is, you know, schooling, learning, part of that is coming. But I also feel like it has a lot to do with the physical aspect of stuff and, and is a lot of what we focus on. Like we were just camping this past weekend, um, like out in this like forest preserve with like no one around. And like the kids wanted to like build a fire and like cut logs. And like, there were literally like saws out with our kids, like sawing logs and like trying to like, you know, build a fire and like set these things up. And like, you know, we were, we were around to kind of make sure they were doing it and like to let them, let them do it. And I feel like it's that idea, like, I don't know if it's nowadays or just in general, like people think kids can't do a lot or Mm -hmm. they don't have the mind capacity to be able to take on, you know, reading or listening to a book above their level or or whatever. And part of like what we want to do is to say that kids are so much more capable than we give them credit for. So trying to just give them those opportunities and then support them in figuring out how to do them the way that they can, given their age or their size of their hands or, you know, whatever it might be <laughs> to, um, to help them still be able to do it. And for them to have this, this confidence and this know-how that they can do anything they want to do. And it's okay to ask for help, but you really can do anything you want to do. So let's figure out how we can do that is um I think kind of you know when I was writing that it, it's it's around that like trusting that mm. our kids have this ability and capability and letting them experience that not stifling them or stopping them until they they hit an age or, or a, a height or a weight or whatever that tells mm, them it's yeah. okay to do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean it, that is one of the um one was one of the huge revelations for me you know was how capable children really are and when you have that trusting relationship when you can um trust enough to give them the space to show their capabilities but they also trust you enough to know that whenever they want help or have questions or whatever they can ask without any judgment good or bad you know what i mean um that that just opens up the space for them so much to more confidently just like approach things like you were saying you know how confident your kids are at just just trying something new just checking it out I can just imagine you know that they're they feel so trusting to know that you guys are there um, to help them out whenever they they need it or want it or point something out for them um, but that you give them the space to do it too I think that's just such a beautiful picture on on just a, a relationship and how they can um, approach their days, really, right? Yeah, no, exactly. And I feel like this part, like, almost comes more natural to me, like, as a parent, more than some of, like, the learning side of it. (laughs) So I feel like, yeah, like, like, this came naturally, like, of course, like, yeah, like, whatever. And then, but then again, shifting that into, like, the learning aspect of it is definitely, like, I feel like more of a challenge. And maybe it's because of the stigma of having, cousins or friends that are in school and levels they're mm-hmm. at where like our kids are physically advanced in in most cases because that's just what we do you know but like with the learn yeah. like we're doing our learning at a different pace so maybe it's not like what their friend that is the same age is doing and and realizing though that they have this instead and like trying to to match that into the learning aspect of it 
it's definitely been a challenge. So I guess my recommendation is go with the physical if that feels comfortable for you and then try to use that as like a confidence builder for us to say, well, we can see it happening here. Why isn't that also part of the learning and the mental and like having that to go back to, to say like, it is like, it is like, trust it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that is it. That's a huge shift in de-schooling too, is, is realizing um, that all this other stuff that they're learning is just as valuable. Yes. You know, it, we, it can still be so hard um, to release the idea that the things that they're learning in school are more valuable than anything else. Right. And and that can lead us to comparing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What and, and when we start to compare, then then we start to place value on it. Right. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, sure. They can do all these, you know, physical things or, or whatever. All then they have all these uh, experiences from our travel, et cetera. But, you know. Can they do division? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, should that, yeah. they too? It's like, should they do that? Should they know that? Or will, like, yes, like those are the things that are, yes, it is, it is a challenge. <laughs> yeah, that, no, no, exactly. That's definitely all part of the, the process is, and for me, it was, um, part of that was a whole shift into realizing the lifelong nature of it, you know, to be able to get to a point where I was, true truly comfortable with the idea that if there's something you know say that they would learn in grade four or six or ten or whatever um is it okay if in their lives there the point where that becomes an interesting or helpful or useful bit of knowledge or skill happens when they're 20 or 25 you know, if for me, um, that was that was a huge shift for me as well to realize that when we talk about lifelong learning, it's not it's it's that they can learn any bit at any time in their lives. If there isn't um, a value for that piece of information, even even if we share it, right, even if we go up to our kids and say, hey, you know, here's that curriculum. I'm worried you don't know X, Y or Z. Um, here it is. <laughs> what did we learn from our school careers? We don't remember it. <laughs> yeah. No, and that's what always pulls me back to it is like, okay, like we've, you know, tried worksheets with our kids now and then and like seeing them do it and seeing that like they're not enjoying it. They're not processing it. Sure, maybe they're remembering it at that time. Like that's what always pulls me back to say like this doesn't work either. Mm-hmm. My fear is always knowing yeah. what works instead. And like, that's where like, I always have to pull myself back into like reading some of your stuff or listening to your podcast or doing something <laughs> like that to like recenter myself. Like, it's okay. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. And you know. yeah, I've talked about that. Uh, I, I mean, and I still do that for myself too. You know, that whole recentering when you notice that you're getting knocked off kilter, not you, just general yeah. you, like myself, like anyone things come up in life and they knock you off. And yeah, it's a whole process to, you know, get back to my center and to get back to realize, to dig down and and figure out what it is that's knocking me off in the first place. Because so often there's a root underneath there or two or three layers underneath there that's really what's doing it. And the deeper I can get, then 
and process that than the longer it is before I'm knocked off again the next time. But, you know, it, it always happens. Things come Yeah. Up. No, that's a great yeah. point, though, to say about digging deeper into understanding what it is. And like mm-hmm. that's I think is is a very key process. And we've also noticed that with each kid now that we're seeing how they are all so different in it. And sometimes I have more trust in one of my kids than I do in the other on on what they are learning and doing. And like, that's not what I want to be doing. Like, that doesn't sound fair. But it's, again, taking your advice and having to dive in further than and say, why is that? Like, what is it that's off that's causing that to happen? And and that's what I love about unschooling is it doesn't let us become people that just trust the process. It makes us continue to question processes and to dig deeper and to figure things out. And I think that we need more people that are like that. (laughs) I think that is such a great point because it's not one thing. You know, when people come to unschooling, they, they want one answer. They want one process. Okay, well, what do I replace curriculum with? You know what I mean? They they want a, an answer or or a thing that they can follow a process. And like you said, and that's that's the other point where with um, it's easier sometimes with one or two children, whatever, just because they're more like us. So we understand them more easily mm-hmm. because their process for learning, their the things that light them up. You know, those are things we can relate to more easily because we already understand them through from our own perspective, right? But other kids, we um, it's more work for us because we have to dig through our own. Um, Baggage isn't the right word, but our our own way of seeing things. And now we have to discover a whole new way of looking at things, a whole new perspective, a whole new, like, why is that interesting to you? (laughs) (laughs) Or why don't you just get this? Or why don't you want to do that? Or, yes, no, for sure. Which is, it, it is a very cool, a very cool thing, yet a very challenging thing to go through but well worth Mm. it is what I see as the outcome being well worth the time and effort it's just making sure we do make that a priority and that that is just as important as the learning or as the physical or as the traveling is understanding our kids at that level and it can get tiring and exhausting and you know trying to continue to keep that as a focus I think is is very key to this unschooling journey. Yeah, I love that point because, you know, sometimes you just, it's like, okay, you know, not a, not another thing, please. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I've just, you know, sometimes we don't have, have the energy uh, for it. And, you know, it's it, accepting that in the moment too. But you're right. If you try to ignore it and gloss over it for too long, it's just going to keep knocking you over the head till you do the work to figure it out. Exactly. <laughs> it doesn't go away. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It'll keep knocking. Hello, hello. Figure this out, please. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you mentioned uh, earlier, you you mentioned a little bit about the financial aspect, and I would love to dig into that just a little bit more, because I really love hearing about the innovative ways that unschooling families are making a go of things. Um, and I, I was reading through your blog as well, and it was really, really interesting. I love those posts about the, the financial aspect as well, because it's a combination both of, of making income and lowering expenses, right? Um, and, and such a, a creative approach to it when you're not doing the old, you know, nine to five. Um, and, and that's not as available for anyone, uh, nowadays as, 
as the whole um, work environment is changing. But anyway, I was hoping you could share a little bit about how you guys are supporting your unschooling and travel lifestyle. Yes, for sure. Like it is one of those questions that when we tell people, meet them for the first time, tell us what we do. Like that is the number one question. How do you afford it? Yeah. Like, how do you do it? And and I feel it's a little bit like, I can't tell you in a sentence or a paragraph or even a whole day, I'll be talking to you. <laughs> but I can, you know, I could dive into a little bit about what we do or you know, point you back to the blog to kind of see actual numbers. But what a lot of it has to do with is it's really lowering what we call our burn rate, which means the amount of money that we need to spend each month. So some of the basic things is like our cell phone, like finding the cheapest cell phone plans. Like we're on like a straight talk plan where then, you know, it's like $50 a month for things. And like knowing that that's not going to get us all the bells and whistles as maybe like, you know, another plan would get, you know, so kind of finding like those within our everyday things that we use is like those type and being Mm -hmm content with the fact that like we have old cell phones or content with the fact that we don't have the best of the best. Like we're not keeping up with the Joneses like at all. And that has to be like, okay to live our life at that level, not have to go out and buy all the new cool gadgets and things that maybe even sometimes could make our life easier in a sense, but just knowing financially it won't. So really Mm -hmm. trying to draw that line about like what we need um, in order to live and then what that looks like. And it's fluctuated quite a bit. Like we've had months where we're at like around like we want it to be at 4,000 a month for our lifestyle. I feel like it's more between like 5,000 and 6,000 to do things the way we've been doing them. Um, Do I feel like that could be lower? Yes, I feel like it could. Is it sometimes higher? Like, yes, it is. But it's always like the same thing with unschooling, like that it's a constant journey for us to figure out where we want to put the money we have and where we want to spend it and being very conscious and aware of every single bill or membership we have or whatever it is that's going out each month to know if it makes sense for us to have it or not. So again, it's just another one of those things that's a priority of understanding our financials and where we're spending our money and how we're spending it. On the other hand, when we look at the fact of like what we brought in last year, which I believe it was like around 60,000. Like I like to be very open about that stuff so people know what it is. Um, on our blog, again, we lay out a lot of this, but I believe it was around like 60,000 or somewhere in that, in that range. And yet we traveled all like a lot of the U.S. like on that which is like crazy Mm -hmm. to me still to say, how did we do that? (laughs) (laughs) But when you take away a house payment and electric and, you know, all those type of things, like a lot, you know, obviously like of what we're paying, like get an RV payment, but that was obviously a lot less than like what a mortgage payment would be. And then if you take away the fact that like our kids aren't in activities, we're actually back in our hometown for a little while here. And we did sign the kids up for some jujitsu classes and gymnastics. And that's going to be like, with the four kids, like almost like $400 a month or something like that going out for those things. And it's like, Mm -hmm. we don't have those expenses. So a lot of where we are putting our money into is more into the traveling and the experiences than it is into these classes or material things or things like that. And it's also when we go to locations, it's finding the free things to do. What can we do Mm -hmm. for free when we're at a location like a national park is actually really cheap. You get an $80 national park pass and you can go into the national park and go to the visitor center museum, go on all these hikes, you know, spend plenty of time out there doing 
things that in some senses are even better than attractions that you're going to pay for. So trying to find those, you know, opportunities as well has been um, what's allowed us to do a lot of what we do. And then we also have our travel blog. And by having a travel blog and by providing good content and really treating that as a business, we do get some opportunities through that as well, that places will give us, um, you know, free tickets to go do things if we do write about them. When um, sometimes I feel like that's more work than just making money to pay for it. (laughs) 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 Taking the good pictures or the video or writing the blog post, like, ah, that's a lot of work when it's said and done. But um, so there's also that, that component of it. But in order to actually fund it, we started a virtual business where we do social media and blogging and email marketing and Pinterest and website design and things like that for um, small businesses. And um, there are small businesses out there that have a need for all of that. So it's definitely continued to grow. Um, and I'm very happy and excited about that and, and nervous about being an entrepreneur, yet excited that we have learned these ways to make money on our own terms, in a sense. And that in itself has been a very cool process for me personally to build this business and just to see that. I have this ability and that, um, there is this opportunity that's, that's out there and that you can do this. It's, it's pretty amazing. That is awesome. Yeah. And are you doing that, that, um, virtual business, virtual assistant business? Um, are you doing that with your husband too? So do you guys kind of take turns during the day, the week, uh, you know, just wondering how you balance that work with uh, the kids. Oh, I hate that word balance. Um, <laughs> yes, actually, you know what? Slap me. Cause <laughs> ba- to me, balance no longer means like equal or anything. It, it just means balancing the choices of the moment. Yes. No, that's a very good way. Does to that look work good. better? Yes, that does. That does. Cause then it always changes, right? Um, so what we've done is actually through this journey, which again, as I talk about my husband, and I growing is that we have learned that being an entrepreneur is not his cup of tea. It is not what he enjoys. He doesn't enjoy the finding clients and networking, doing all that where I do. So Mm -hmm. what we have decided is he used to work for um, a college here in Wisconsin. So he's actually able to do some contracting work for them on a pretty consistent basis. And he really enjoys that work and the people he works with. So he does that for um, a few hours a week, anywhere between like five to 15 hours a week. He does that. And then if I have clients who need a website designed, I pass it on to him and he does do that as well. So he's a little bit involved in it, but we kind of have a little bit like of two separate things going on here. So I'm, yeah. Yeah, so I'm a little bit more focused on growing my business and, um, you know, building up our financial and and doing all of that is is what we chose to do. And then he actually stepped in and did more of the role of, you know, doing more of the cooking or doing more of the, you know, playing with the kids on some days if I have a full day of work set aside and and really kind of did this shift in in us switching a little bit of those roles. So. We have played around with the idea of me just working Monday, like from sunup till sundown and like I'm gone and like I'm working all day. So I have more time during the week to say, no, that doesn't really fit with my clients to it going, I work two days a week and he works a day a week. And then, no, I work three half days and he works a full day. Like it's like <laughs> constant just yeah. changing and ebbing and flowing. And we're still trying to figure out what that is. I feel we're much closer to that now than we were six months ago, but I still don't feel like we have it figured out yet. It's the beauty of it. Like I don't dread Mondays because I got to sleep until nine o'clock this morning. 
<laughs> and I could get up when I wanted to, and I could set my meetings when I wanted to set them. And, you know, so it's, there's benefits to it. But again, it, there's also, as anyone who's an entrepreneur knows, there's, there's just challenges in, in that lifestyle and challenges between my husband and I figuring out how to make that work for us and for our kids and to have the time to do the things they want to do. So it is a constant balancing act to uh, <laughs> figure out what that looks like. But our goal has always been that we each work about 20 hours or so a week. Um, now I'm a little bit more probably in the 20 to 30 and he's a little bit more in like the 10 to 15. So kind of, again, ebbing and flowing with that when it makes sense. But um, yeah, and I'm, I'm currently trying to grow my business to where I'm bringing on people to help me with some of the work I'm getting because of just, it grew to a level where I couldn't really do it by myself in the time frame I wanted to. So um, going down that path and just, pushing my comfort level again to figure out what that looks like. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for sharing that uh, depth, Brianna, because it's, it's fascinating stuff. And I loved how, you know, your husband figured out, uh, you know, the, the kind of work that, that he enjoys, right? Because this is so much about learning about ourselves and figuring out ways to, to make things work. So, you know, figuring out that he enjoys the consulting stuff more and picking that stuff up and, and just, just trying to mesh it day by day into your lives. And you know what? I don't think you're ever going to find an answer that works forever. Sorry. Yeah, no, I think I've accepted that. The ebb and flow will yeah. forever be ebbing and flowing. And uh, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Exactly. But, oh, thanks so much. That's, that's beautiful. And I wish you all the luck in the world with your business development. That's awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Oh, no problem. And for our last question, I was wondering if you just had some tips that you could share for the unschooling parents out there who are all excited to hear about your lifestyle and are considering picking up an RV. Yes, for sure. I would love to. Um, I, I hope you got a little bit of that through this conversation that like <laughs> it is it is by no means the the magic answer to it. But on the other hand, like my husband and I were just talking the other day about how when we are are out traveling and visiting these amazing places, the unschooling comes so much more naturally because mm -hmm. we are at a national park or we are at a museum or at somewhere where there's just, oh, we read the sign and like, oh, we did science for the day. It's done. You know, like there's definitely when you're <laughs> able to bring your family to these just these cool experiences that are outside of the realm of what I'm going to say your normal is if you are used to a certain area of the country or, you know, a city or, you know, whatever. And you take them and you expand that like a lot of that learning. We do really see that happening naturally and and it's a cool thing because we're learning right along with them so I would definitely say that you know that part of it does fit well in with the unschooling and the RV lifestyle as one the part of it that I would say prepare yourself for is just these these day-to-day -day things and and making sure that you're setting that time aside to um, have that time with your kids to just sit on the the lawn chair and you know just hang out together and and still keep that in your mind that like that is an important part of this journey that they do still want that time. They do still want that downtime. They don't want to go out and see and do everything they can possibly do in a week time frame. So figuring out like what that, that balance looks like. You don't have to travel the whole U S in a matter of six months. Like it could take six months <laughs> just to travel California, you know, like there's, there's mm -hmm. something to yeah. be said to, to really evaluating 
the speed you travel with, and also evaluating the type of rig you get around. Do you want to spend a lot of time inside your rig just hanging out places? Do you want to be traveling a lot? And what does that look like? Do you want to include like Airbnb stays or rentals in the process? And and just really thinking through what normal life looks like when you're on the road, not just the glamorous pictures you see on Instagram of people that do this lifestyle. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I will point people to your blog. I will definitely put all that in the show notes um, because I, I, I was reading around too and really enjoyed, you know, when you talked about why you guys chose to downsize and you know, just all those kinds of aspects, like the difficulty of traveling um, and getting around with a larger rig, etc. So I, I love how open you um, guys are on the blog and the information you share about it. Um, I think that's so helpful for anyone who might be considering this. And um, your point about the time spent, like the downtime with them. I think that is such a great thing to mention because that was one of the biggest surprises for me um, when we moved to unschooling and I spent my time um, taking my cues from my children as in not trying to direct them not trying to keep them busy as to what I thought they should be doing because I was surprised how much downtime they wanted that they, they they took when the opportunity was there right yes they didn't need to be busy all the time doing X, Y, Z, you know, over and over. Um, keeping them occupied wasn't, didn't turn out to be my role. Yes, no, for so sure. Much, and right? I feel like with traveling, it's the same thing. You might think like, oh, we'll be occupied yeah. going to all these cool places. And it's like, they're going to love that. So we have to do exactly. that. Exactly. And yeah. they're going to love that. But they're also going to love just riding their bike around the campground or sitting and playing Legos yeah. at the picnic table or, you know, doing those type of things as well. And I think especially when people first jump into the lifestyle, they go at it hard. Like, we're going to go see yeah. and do everything we can when we get there. And it's like, maybe for a couple of days and then a couple of days do nothing, you know, like find what that looks like for you or, you know, and people will figure it out on their own journey. But I like to just kind of throw it out there, let people know, like, that is the reality of this lifestyle too. We're not out there just seeing all these cool places and doing all these cool things every single day. That's not sustainable, especially not with kids, you know, like they, they need that time just as much as they need the time to go see these cool places. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me, Brianna. I had so much fun. <laughs> thank you for having me. It was awesome. I feel like you and I could like talk for days. So this was, uh, oh, I think we could. <laughs> this was great. So I really, really appreciate it. And, and hope the insight is, is helpful to someone, you know, going through a journey, maybe at some point where I'm at or at the beginning or a different point or whatever, but that uh, some of the insights were helpful. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's awesome. So uh, why don't you share your website? Let people know how they can connect with you. Awesome. Yeah, you can find us at crazyfamilyadventure.com. And we are also on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and Pinterest and all over the place. So um, definitely (laughs) check that out. We also have a newsletter. If you want to subscribe there, you can do it through our blog as well, where we try to, you know, be updated on what's going on in this crazy life. And then our uh, business site is virtualpowerhouse.com. By all means, check that out. And if you're of interest to you, um, my email address is on there. So definitely shoot me a message and always looking to help people with their businesses. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Brianna. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. 
Thanks for listening. I hope you found it helpful. You might also like the backlist episodes at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash podcast. While you're there, be sure to check out the third book in my Living Joyfully with Unschooling series, Life Through the Lens of Unschooling. This book is a wide array of essays drawn from my blog that shed light on the day-to-day lives of unschooling families. You'll find essays tackling everything from learning to read to visiting relatives, all organized around nine keywords that have been woven into the fabric of our unschooling lives. Deschooling, learning, days, parenting, relationships, family, lifestyle, unconventional, and perspective. The theme is life, the lens, unschooling. Until next time, have fun living and learning with your family.